0: Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Reske. We're Gospel Addicts because we believe the Gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the Gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the Gospel.
1: Thanks so much for listening.
0: This is kind of a special episode because... I am joined with my friend Sandeep who is all the way in Scotland and I also am joined with a good friend Malam Shaw and this is like her first podcast so Malam let me start with you welcome to the sh- welcome to the show
2: Thank you so much thank you for giving me this opportunity <laughs> I'll be telling everybody that I finally did my first podcast
0: All right cool <laughs> Well we're looking forward to talking to you but, Sandeep, I just want to start out and ask you just a couple of questions. Hmm. What do people misunderstand about you the most?
1: Wow. <laughs> it's, I, think, I think my wife is the only one who truly knows who I am, and everyone else misunderstands me. <laughs> uh, it's probably the closest. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the great things. And, I, and to be fair, I play on this as well. I like being misunderstood. I don't know if, if you about six years ago i traveled around america with a beard like a, a, a two foot long beard wild hair and i think i i scared people on airplanes let's just say that you know it was, <laughs> and i'm sure they didn't they didn't presume i was a church elder at the time or you know that i was a christian and an evangelist and you know so i like that i like that people can sometimes just make up a mind through visuals and and you know
0: wasn't there a time when they actually, like, at an airport, they pulled you out of line
1: because they oh, thought maybe you were a game? <laughs> they do that all the time, you know, and, and it's fine. I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not offended or insulted by that. I think, I think it's natural. We're human. We we make visual references on everything, you know, and and we're conditioned. You know, what we see is what we refer. Um, so if, if, if a bearded brown man is is then associated with dangers and that's what I come across. And 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 I suppose that also then I like that because then you can play on that and flip it. You know, you can then when people really get to know you, you you are able to sort of get behind people's perception and walls and ideas of, of you and, and and they get to see, you know, okay, you know, this I'm maybe and and, and we all do it. I, I do it on other people as well. I, I look at people and I think I've worked them out, you know. And Actually, I love that you know people are much deeper and more complex than just these these individual things. So yeah, um, I'm probably misunderstood well, a lot. A lot of times,
0: <laughs> a lot of times our first impressions are wrong, and yeah. that's the same with Jesus too, right? That we, a lot of people their first impression of who Jesus is 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 not the right impression. I love that story recently about the queen, where she was in Scotland and these Americans came and they were. Just kind of walking around they met this old woman and this man and they just started talking to them and they asked the woman how you know does she live around here she's like yeah i have a house over there and then how long have you been coming here oh we've been coming here for decades and then then the americans are like oh have you ever met the queen and 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 the woman was the queen and the queen said well i personally haven't met her but he has, and he's he spent <laughs> a lot of time with it.
2: And then the next thing
0: you know, the Americans are like pulling him aside and getting their picture taken with him because he's been close to the queen. And then, then uh, yeah, I mean, that was a really, really cool story. But just, you know, it, at some point they're going to, you know, well, by now they've realized that they were with the queen. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, sorry, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: so for the sake, for, for Malam's sake even, could you just – Take a few minutes and just introduce yourself. Tell us your, tell us your background.
1: Well, I mean, it's interesting. Like Milan and and I both come from India, um, and she's from the north of India, up up in the mountains in the Himalayas, and I'm I'm from the south of India, a place called Hyderabad, and my parents were Christian, and I, my my great grandfather was the first convert. I grew up in a, a in a medical mission charity working with leprosy and I work so and I've been in Scotland now actually 30 years you know that two weeks ago was my 30th 30 year so, and, and and I and it's weird because I, to me that's so important I, I celebrate it it's not important to anybody else I mean it's not like a birthday or something but it's it it is a real threshold moment of of of, of you know big sort of the, the naive migrant who comes across to study or do um thinks they know the world and they don't and and yet you know the grace of god the providence of god the people that he provides in that journey that come you come across the the the, the, the character tools that have been put in by your family and and your faith and how that plays out in in strange lands you know has been so powerful you know and that's why to me it's an important mem- uh, sort of every every year i remember the date 16th of september because i've still got my passport stamped you know on that date when i arrived Uh, what was it that brought you
0: what was the original
1: i I studied architecture in 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 dundee so i did i did seven years of architecture and then worked as an architect and and have done and then about 10 years ago me and my three of my friends opened up a, a, a coffee shop you know we walked we were talking about kingdom spaces and uh, evangelism and experience. People, where can you belong before you believe? You know, where where does the community spaces and these coffee shops have grown? There's about eight of eight of them. It's been a really interesting journey. It's not been as tidy as I thought it would be. It hasn't been as evangelical as I would have presumed, but it's been powerful and deep. And you go into spaces uh, that God takes you that. You never knew were even there, you know, and and I, I think that's been one of the the revelations in the journey to to end up doing things that you never expected, and meet people that you never expected, and then to just be the love of God to them, you know, it isn't even about about a conversion or a baptism or a you know pews and uh, bums and seats sort of thing. It's it's just creating salt and light in a in, in, a, in a space. So, um, so as so you reflect
0: gonna, as you reflect on that. Even in your business, uh, what what has been your biggest failure? And what did you learn from that experience? Maybe maybe it was in this business realm, the, the, the coffee shop. Hmm.
1: I, it, it's it's interesting. I mean... The- <laughs> There's, there's plenty of failures. I mean, character is probably one of them. You know, <laughs> you just you don't trust God. You 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 fail in many things. You have your own sort of feelings. You know, I, I think I think marriage is a, a, a beautiful reminders of your your inadequacies and you know, <laughs> and, and limitations. You know, uh, my wife can, like I said, we'll probably know as much as like I can be a presentation. I can be things that I want to be and aspire to be, and and, and also reveal a certain part of me to others whereas at home you you are who you are you know and who are you and, and the people closest to you are the ones you interact with the most and they get to see who you are and 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 i and so failure isn't necessarily a negative word for me in that sense because i feel you know i think failure teaches you more than success i think failure is is a is a far greater yeah teacher and, and developer sometimes success can be when you Success can be self-serving, like I've reached the space, isn't it because what I did, you know? <laughs> and and it could just be pure chance or providence or circumstance that gets you there, but you don't see that, you think my intent gets me. Whereas um, it's like a child driving a car, you know, like, oh, look at me driving this car, isn't it great? And you're like, forgetting that you've been on someone's lap, <laughs> you can't even reach the pedals or can't do anything. we don't have those perceptions in in success but failure, I think we, you know, that it's painful. It's, it's, it dents your ego, it dents your your understanding of life. And, and, and if you don't learn from that space, then, then, then yeah, I mean, you don't develop and you cling to And so when I, when I think like we, we have eight shops currently, but we've had 10 shops and we've closed two of them, you know? So it's not like everything is growth and health and big and better, you know, we went, into covid with three shops and came out with eight and that sounds great you know as a statistic like everyone's like wow you're you're so successful but we're we're probably just as poor and working just as hard for the same money you know it's it's not that suddenly we've become eight times you know five times bigger it's we've had to pivot and learn and change and find new new ways of doing business the old the old systems are gone the old culture is gone so yeah plenty plenty of failures i would say but They've not been places. They've not all. Uh, they have been places places of pain or regret or or loss when they do happen. But I think I can definitely now sort of point point and say, well, actually, they've been places of health, of growth, of of learning, of of discernment, and and re rethinking it. And uh, and I like that. You know, that's that's good. That's
0: great. You know, just for Malam's benefit, could you just de- describe? So you have you have started some coffee shops in Scotland, and their name is the Blend, right? Yeah. Blend is the name of this coffee shop. And yeah. can you just explain like your philosophy and why you
1: got into that business? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, I've I've been involved in. In christian culture all my life you know my parents were were frontline christians and working with leprosy work. so I, I saw it firsthand saw missionary works or uh proclamation goes So uh, and, and myself i worked uh, went through youth work worked in in, in churches always been involved in, in church culture and church life and and yet you know you just realize that you know especially living in scotland that that most of the world i haven't a clue what you're up to you know that the gospel isn't being proclaimed and on the level you want to proclaim <laughs> it, and Christ isn't being revealed and shared even close to where um you want it to be. And and it, it was just I found it frustrating. I found that that when when we began discipling people, kids in our in 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 our youth group, it it exploded. It expanded. You know, people wanted connection over content. You know, they they wanted belong before they believe they they we we to have mantras like spend more time with fewer people you know we saw real change come out of those spaces rather than mid-50 year old man on a stage talking to 100 or 200 people sitting in chairs facing in one direction you know just it seems a huge disconnect and and i read somewhere like i can't remember it was just saying you know most of christian resources spent on convincing christians to remain christian you know Mm -hmm. and and it it bit you know it's like wow yeah you know (laughs) it's so so true and we have the strange model of preaching the gospel on a sunday 100 people and hoping that five or ten of them will go do something about it and all the resources held in that place and even in and so we were wrestling with a lot of this stuff and saying well what what what's the alternative like how do you and and there is there seems to be a default setting in in christian culture that the minute the minute you want to do mission you set up a charity you set up a for you know and i'm not saying that's bad at all i'm not i'm not condemning any of that but that seems to be like a default memory you know and and we forget the rest of the world you know and 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 My father used to say i mean he he worked in charity but he used to say like so many charities just become one beggar giving another beggar somebody else's money you know and you don't become sustainable you're trying so to to me these are all sort of issues that influence and and affect the church and how we think and what we do and what we what god is asking us to do and and so so in these conversations like how do we create a place where your work is worship that there are Absolutely blurred lines between the sacred and the secular. it's all sacred how do we how do we go and how do we pursue an incarnate God as in a God that's already in the neighborhood that we have to discover, not introduce you know and and it it is really big when when you start thinking it a, of it in those terms. It takes the pressure off you. You don't feel like you have to take the gospel somewhere. You know your your day is spent trying to discover where God is already, and and you're seeking those moments. And and so when so we looked at what does any sort of service type of industry look like? You know, like we looked at um, gardening jobs and car washes and and you know and 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 eventually landed with this this coffee shop and said, okay, well, how do we create this coffee shop and, and that's what we did we opened we didn't know anything about it Four friends i mean i was an architect we had two a youth pastor and a pastor and and a kid i used to mentor to university who had done accounting knew nothing about coffee <laughs> you know and in six in six months of miraculous things and opened up a shop and and it 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 was amazing in that it 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 hit a nerve, you know. We found, I mean, the, so the whole design of the coffee shop. If you look at it, blendcoffee.co.uk, if anyone wants to go check it out, but it, it's about creating a living room in the community. It's like, what is the, what are our safe spaces left in our community? What, you know, what there are very, very few places that we will enter as a stranger anymore in our culture. I mean a shop is probably what the last one where we window shop and go in, you know, our churches have gone, our pubs have gone, our community centers are gone, all, all the things that we could just walk in a stranger and feel comfortable and safe have disappeared. And I'm like, well, we need to recreate and reclaim those spaces. And, not, and I think there's a, there's a, there's a flaw in the process where we always ask, invite people to things, you know, like, hey, come here to my lovely place, whatever. Now, it's great, all the intent is good, but I always challenge, like some of my, my friends, it's like, if someone tomorrow said, come to my come to the mosque on Friday, all the, the sort of barriers that have lifted in our own heads right now, <laughs> you know, you know, untruthful barriers, but they're there in our head, is, is what other, you're asking other people to jump over when you ask, invite them to your safe space. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you create safe space in the community, the place that a stranger can walk in? And so we use a lot of like living room analogy. We talk about we talk about a campfire space. What is the campfire space of our community? You know, nomads that travel through the day, come for a night, corral, share stories, sing songs, tell each other information about their journeys, and then leave in the morning. You know, what does that begin to look like in our community? It's not about coffee. I mean, coffee. There's plenty of coffee and plenty of places that you know can do it better than us. But but how you make people feel, feel, the belonging you can give people, the love and attention you can give people, these are huge things in this culture, in a, in a culture of individualism and isolation.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna interrupt here for a second. <laughs> so you, you've created a place where people can come and experience the aroma of Christ because the people running the coffee shops, by and large, are Christ followers, and it's a safe place for them to, to kind of experience love and build relationships, of a feeling of belonging, maybe before they believe. And I just want to bring Malam in here, because Malam has been part of an organization that I created called the Kent International Leadership Network, which is essentially a service organization but it has kind of the same kind of uh, missionary or or i should say same kind of idea behind it and so malam could you share a little bit about how you know you felt like you you found a place to belong and and now you're 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 starting to believe or follow christ
2: Yeah so i came here and obviously it's so difficult for an international student away from home it's so, so scaring and so uh, depressing if we, i would say i've heard so many stories other than me that people who come here they fall into depression and they don't know if they belong there and why there's so uncertainty you know to move across the world and yeah of course india and us have just the opposite time zones And all these things, you just feel and you fell into this trap, you know, of dark, dingy place. But Kiln, Kent international leadership network that Greg has, gives you that community space. You know, Kent State, we have this motto that you belong here. But I really felt it in Kiln when I came here. These people help you with everything. And then it's just not, you know, you get help, but it's that... They create this community, like just you, like you said, that there might be another coffee place which serves you better coffee. So exactly, like here at uh, Kent, there might be another a lot of people who would help you. But to create that community, which is a safe space from people from different, you know, cultures, different religions, different parts of the world, even different ages, genders, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they all can have a place where they will feel safe. It's a safe heaven for us. And uh, we don't feel like we are being judged, even if we are something. And it's so important because the world, there are so many people who would try to divide you over so many different, you know, aspects and all these different topics, titles. But at the end, it's just so amazing when everybody can sit, they can share all their spiritual journey and anything like how they started believing in what they believe in and who they believe in. And just share it without being like having that fear of being judged is very important. And I'm so glad that, you know, we have the space here at Ken. And um, to create this, it's so easily said that, oh, we created this community space. But it's so difficult. It is like one of the most like impossible, near to impossible thing that people can just walk in through the door and they would feel that they're at home and nobody's going to judge them. So and that too in like even if they're on a spiritual journey with Christ wherever they are they just started or they have already been you know born and brought up like you in in Christian as a Christian household so whatever they say it's not being judged and all that like me I started my journey and I'm still learning about Christ and whatever I say or I question it's always answered it's not like anybody judges me that you know oh you don't know about it or what why are you following this or that so yeah i mean this is just a blessing and i would say you know god creates all these blessings and they he thinks about you and he sends all these people in your life Mm -hmm. great so greg is just like a messenger i would say yeah
0: yeah well I'm I'm very blessed Malam you were you are just an amazing young lady and I believe God has great things in store for you and I I I feel blessed that I that I'm that I know you yeah. Sandeep do you have any questions for Malam about
1: her journey Yeah I mean were you Christian in in India was your family Christian or
2: no so um like you know I'm from a north I'm not I'm a North Indian and that too I am ne- from the Himalayas. we have a place we believe in uh and I am a born Hindu so <clears throat> we already have like 500 plus gods and if you are from the northern area where you are surrounded by mountains, we also believe in elements. like we worship our river, we worship our mountains and all that and it's just that we believe that there's a part of God in everybody. Mm-hmm. so and we have so many in India like you know that there are so many different religions and all that but I'm so blessed that my my family and my parents are always open-minded and they have never they said that whatever you know whoever you think you believe in you follow it mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I mean that is one of the biggest step that you know your parents would tell you that whoever you, you feel, uh, feel like it's not a religion like Christianity, it's not a religion. It's a it's a relationship mm-hmm. and you cannot have a relationship with somebody you don't believe in. You might like them, but there's a difference. You really believe in them. So, and I studied in a convent school all my life. In a Christian, in a Catholic convent school, and uh, I told Craig the story of mine that you know I used to tell my and my parents had Christian friends and all that, so I used to go to a church. I used to go to. Um, I learned Our Father in Heaven first mm-hmm. before any Hindu mantras, mm-hmm. and I used to tell my parents I want to be a Christian, mm-hmm. and they never like they never said that oh you, you want to be a Christian or something. I was always encouraged that okay, you want to be a Christian, but uh, like in our place, there was not a resource where a non-Christian can go and learn about Christ. Mm -hmm. We have it here. And I always like, it was a wish. And then years passed by, I completed school. Then I went to college and all that. Then I came here and then I met Greg. And I told him like, I, I forgot about all of that. I forgot that I, I had a wish as a six-year-old child, a naive child, that I want to be a Christian, mm-hmm. out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. Like, I feel that if I was looking for him more than that, he was looking for me. Mm-hmm. He chose me mm-hmm. inside my heart, inside a six-year-old heart. He like, why would a six-year-old wish for something? Like, I want to be a Christian out of the blue, mm-hmm. you know? and it's just that there were no resources but then i came here and i found resources and i might i'm still on a journey but it started before like people say that you know you have to uh, like you said that you have to feel belong before you feel you believe so i think it's the same for me and uh, i i believed in him even before i knew what he did for us even before i knew any of his stories
1: yeah, I it's interesting that it's when I had, had my 30-year reunion um, at my university this weekend this past weekend and like 45 of us from pretty much all around the world turned up for this thing you know because it was so and it was it was so amazing to have all all these guys like it was still important for us you know but as Looking back, my first year had all sorts of nonsense going. There was, you know, my, my best friend got beaten up, and we got caught up in a fire, and I had to on a fourth floor had to go, you know, try to escape. My there was a huge earthquake in in India, forty five miles from where we live, You know, had two and a half days on the phone trying to find out if my family was alive. All yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten of some of those things, but it was so important that. that my mother, when, when I came across it said, look, go find a church Sunday, but, you know, even if you're not in a, in a good place with God, just commit to me that you'll go find, you know, go to church. So I was like, fine, I'll do it, you know, <laughs> whatever. But it was amazing. The family, you know, one particular family that took care of me for literally seven years in, in, in my university years took every Sunday fed and watered <laughs> me, uh, took me to hospital when I was having surgery looked after my luggage when i didn't have a flat or you know had warm clothes and that it was those things i mean it wasn't the financial side of it it was the attention side of it that was just so powerful to me rooting here you know and then and through them getting a job in a laundry through the laundry meeting my wife to my wife meeting, you know settling in this country it's like these little steps that take you along these journeys and 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 it's it's actually you know it, it, culturally like now even podcast people listening you know when when we hear the noise of of the culture clash that's going on right now all around us, don't forget the power of hospitality, and the surgeon and the looking after the surgeon, you know the the, the migrant the person passing through, these are like gifts from God to us uh, to to look after those who are powerless and you have nothing to get from but you can just look at and it, it's not about the big things you know it's not uh, these major you've got to house them and close them, whatever it's little acts of kindness little acts of love little acts of you know filling in a form whatever those things these are these are powerful spaces that we can engage with kingdom work you know we 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 we've, we've lost some of those spaces and and sort of champion these other spaces you know like someone who the guitar player on the stage and the pastor is going to do whatever and and realize that you know jesus was not asking us to do any of those things you know (laughs) he gave us gifts to do it but but actually he did say you know love your neighbor you know and and then define what that labor was going to be you know it it was anybody you know and I think in this cultural world, you know, the solution to a lot of this stuff is just acts of kindness that we can give to people you don't even need to know and don't even need to know the consequence of your action for, but that's your relationship with God. So are you saying that
0: when you heard Malam share her story, you started thinking of memories Absolutely. back when you Absolutely. first came to Scotland? Because you were basically an international student in Scotland.
1: Yeah, and, and, it, and you
0: it's heard, now. Now you've lived in Scotland longer than you've ever
1: lived in India, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, now, now, you know, they call them Oreos, or bounty bars, you know, <laughs> okay. brown on the outside, you know. But it, it's, I realize, like this is now, like when I, when I look at my house, it's, it, it, I, I, both my wife and I would try to create an open house, a house of hospitality, uh, a house of, you know, of, and, and when I look at Blend, the business, that I realize that Blend is, is like it's trying to give the safe space for those travelers those unsafe people because i'm literally trying to mimic what i experienced to the stranger and when we don't have a church infrastructure that does it well we've got to create alternative spaces and you can start with your home and you can start with your your business or whatever the thing is because some of the old institutional spaces can't think like that they they, there's there's just no mechanisms and, and scale to do that but there are new spaces where we can do that, you know, where we can find within our own lives, our own sort of working experiences, places where we can look after someone and give them a safe space. Yeah,
2: of course. So one of the things that I have seen, like I'm still learning about Jesus and all that. And, you know, as a child, I am a child in the spiritual journey. And as a child, you ask you ask a lot of questions. And those questions make you question more. And you know, and you because you're not you're not rigid in what you believe in. You still have those possibilities inside your head, you know? And that's what I felt like when back in India, even here in the US and all the parts of the world, there is now that the religion, how it started, how Christianity started, how Jesus said like what he wants from us. And how people changed it and how it changed over time like there is specifically how a church would look like how people would dress or how everything would be happened. and you know it just changed the whole vibe or whole feeling of how a church was supposed to be and now that we have bible i go to bible reading with greg and i feel like that's my church because Mm -hmm. i don't want to go to a big building and where people you know, just sit and would um, hear somebody speak. Rather, I would go to a place where there are just five people who care about, who listen to what's going on in each other's life and would even nettoize them. I think that's more of a church for me. And that's how it started. Not like, you know, you have to be in a specific, you have to come on Sunday on this, this time, and then just have to follow. And that's the same thing that I feel like just because you are born Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian. Like, just because I was born Hindu doesn't make me a Hindu. So, I mean, the first Christians, the believers of Christ weren't even Christians, you know. So, all this is so different um, and it's a different journey for everybody. It's not that you're born into something. When you start believing, when you actually follow Him, that's when you change.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at... Gospel Addict Podcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode and remember on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace, and on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace.
1: See you next time.